you have your Bible, turn with me. Uh, let's go back to John chapter 2. We were there this morning. Come back here tonight, John chapter 2. And this morning I touched on the fact that there is a pointer in verses 23 through 25 to the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is God in human flesh. And this particular piece of evidence is about the omniscience of God. God's omniscience. So tonight I want to dig deeper, deeper into this truth for some insight from the scriptures about God's omniscience. And we are going to, I'll warn you, we're going to look at a lot of scripture. The Bible has a lot to say about God's omniscience. We're going to look at a lot of scripture and a lot of biblical evidence tonight for the omniscience of God. And if you want to look these passages up later that I'm going to point you to, you may want to jot them down because I don't expect you to turn to all of them. You can try if you'd like, but you might want to jot them down to look up and read for yourself later. So first, I sent you to John chapter 2. First, let's look at verses 23 through 25 here in John 2. We looked at these this morning. Kind of come back and anchor ourselves here off this text. John 2, verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, speaking of Jesus, he, many believed in his name, when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. That passage of scripture is pointing to the omniscience of God that God is all knowing and simply put when we speak of God's omniscience we're talking about the fact that God sees and knows all there is absolutely nothing that escapes God and that is evident in this passage when it speaks of Jesus knowing what was in man Proverbs 15.3 says it this way. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Do you ever look at what's going on in the world at which we live in and say, what in the world is going on? <laughs> If you don't, I've done it enough for you, okay? If you don't do it, I do it. What in the world is going on? And, and are you tempted, like I am tempted sometimes, to wonder, does God even see this? And I need to correct myself with passages like this. This is why you read the Bible, because the Bible will convict you when your thinking is wrong. Right thinking is this. God sees it all. He knows it all. And if you are righteously troubled by it, God is definitely troubled by it. And he will not let it slide. It will not escape his, his view, his care, his hand. His timing is different than ours. His work is different than we work. But this, the, the things that trouble you in your own life, in the world that's going on around you, has not escaped God. 
Omniscience is a word that means knowing everything. God does not need to be taught anything or told anything. Sometimes when we go to God in prayer, God, I just want you to know this. Like he doesn't know, but he does know. But he does want us to bear our hearts to him and ask for his will to be done in our lives. So it's a fitting thing to say, God, I just want you to know this. But just don't think that you're telling him something he doesn't already know. The Bible declares that God knows everything. God sees everywhere. Job chapter 24, verses 23 and 24 reminds us that even those who who do great harm to, to the childless and to the widowed do not escape the eye nor the hand of God. That passage says this, Job 24, verses 23 and 24, of the childless and widowed, it says, He gives them security, and they are supported, and His eyes are upon their ways. And then in verse 24, speaking of wrongdoers, it says, They are exalted a little while. This is us when we go, they're getting away with it. God says, they're exalted a little while and then are gone. They are brought low and gathered up like all others. They are cut off like the heads of grain. God sees all. Nothing escapes the eye of God. There's another lesson for us there. Not only does God see all and know all, God is not idle. He is not sitting still. He, is, he, he will judge. He is at work. We don't have to look at troubled things going on in our world and think, I just hope God is doing something. No, you can know God is doing something. In fact, He's doing 10 million things that you can't even fathom because your mind can't grasp what God can grasp and what God can do in one thing. We're shown God's judgment in that passage, of that Job 24, verses 23 and 24 passage. God, God will judge. You can, you can rest assured. It's not your place to judge. It is God's, and you can leave that in His hands. Those things that trouble you, pray about them. Ask God to intervene. Ask God to give you peace while you wait on His timing, His perfect timing as He works. Psalm 37, verse 10 will give you great hope in this and will bolster your faith in the omniscience of God, that God is all-knowing and that He is at work and that He is judging. Psalm 37 and verse 10 puts it this way, In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at His place, He will not be there speaking about the day in which God will judge and points to that truth that there will be a day when God will judge. Now, I don't read a passage like that and I don't suggest you read a passage like that and go, ha-ha, yeah, those evil people are going to get their comeuppance. That ought to make us grieve and make us concerned for those who are, who are bound by sin, that we ought to show them the way to Christ and show them the truth of the gospel 
so that they can receive the forgiveness of God for their sins and be saved and escape this judgment. They're all, uh, these are all reminders for us. Reminders that God sees all things. He sees everywhere. He knows even the hidden things of our own thought lives. You know, we tend to think that we can think whatever we want and do whatever we want to do where no one can see us and no one will know. God knows. God sees into our hearts, into our thought lives. Says Psalm 139 in verse 2, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. What does God know about you? Everything. He knows everything. He knows your actions. Yes, he does. How about your thoughts? He do- yes, he does. He knows your thoughts. Your intent, your intentions that, that kind of, kind of you know, propel your actions. He, know, he, un- he understands your intentions. He knows your thoughts. He knows your intentions. We hear it like this in Ezekiel 11 and verse 5. Ezekiel 11 and verse 5. And the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me, and he said to me, Say, thus says the Lord. So you think, O house of Israel, for I Know the things that come into your mind. I know the things, says God. I know the things that come into your mind. Those things that you think you keep in your mind and don't let out. God knows those too. God knows our thoughts. Here's an example of this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 20 says of those who, who we would call or the world might call wise in this world. 1 Corinthians 3.20 says of them, For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. God knows the thoughts of the wise. And we have many well-educated people in the world in which we live. Yes, and there's, there's a place for education. There's a place for reading and learning. And, and, and let me just add this thought here that God's people, ought to, if, there, if there's anybody who ought to be readers, it ought to be God's people beginning with the Bible, reading the Bible, reading good literature that points you back to the truth of the Bible. We ought to be readers. We ought to be learners. We ought to seek to be wise in God's eyes with the wisdom of God's Word. But when the world looks at wisdom and says, look at us, look how wise we are, look at what we know, look how we can just wipe out a virus. Oh wait, we can't. Right? And we've been through that. We're, we're, we've been through that. And think of all, all the kinds of things that you can think of where man kind of puffs up his chest and says, look at our wisdom. God says, that's futile. That's foolish, for the wisdom of this world is folly with God. We can't outwise God. 
For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So says Psalm 33, verses 13 through 15. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. God knows all our thoughts. He knows all our deeds, all of our actions. But he knows far more. The scriptures go on. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, even tell us that God knows us completely from before we even existed. God knows us completely from before we existed. Psalm 139, verse 13 and following, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, and then listen to verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. From before we existed, God knows, God knows us. God knew us. So God knows us deeply, even from before, even from before we were born. Now, not only does God know us completely from before we were born, He also knows us in the present. Of those who sin against God... Jeremiah 16, 17 says this, For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. That's Jeremiah 16, 17. Sinners cannot hide from God, cannot hide their sinful deeds from God. Psalm 69 and verse 5 also shows us this truth saying, O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. He knows us in the present. He knows us here and now. Jeremiah 32.19 says, Great in counsel and mighty in deed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. God's eyes are open to all of our ways, all of our actions, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our deeds. Note too that God's word declares that he searches all hearts. 
and he observes everyone's ways. God searches our hearts. Imagine that. It's hard for us to fathom that for the, for the few of us who are in this room. But for every person on planet Earth, this is true. God sees into our hearts. He sees into our lives like no one else can. And He sees us the way no one else sees us. Listen to these examples. And I want to begin with 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. You and I work really hard to put on good, good appearances, don't we? We, we want to look right. We want to behave right. But no amount of putting on good appearances is going to fool God if what's inside is disobedient to God. And we have this 1 Samuel 16, 7 passage that, that teaches us this, this powerful lesson that God doesn't see like man sees. God sees the heart. He sees through the the outward finish and sees to the inward finish. He sees what's in us. In 1 Kings 8 and verse 39, we hear this prayer. 1 Kings 8, 39, Then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know. God knows our hearts, whose heart you know, according to all His ways. For you, you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind. Who escapes the knowledge of God? No one. 1 Kings 8, that's 1 Kings 8 and verse 39. No one escapes the knowledge of God. God knows all of our hearts. Do you hear, are you, are you putting two and two together here? There's no sense hiding from God. <laughs> There's no sense running from God. Have you ever tried to run from God? That's a futile act. You can't run from God. He knows you. Listen to 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 9. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. That ought to be us. That ought to be followers of Christ. That ought to be true of us. With a whole heart and a willing mind. Follow God. Why? For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. Powerful. The Lord searches all hearts and understands every thought. And then it finishes that First Chronicles 28 and verse 9 passage finishes this way. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will cast you off forever. That's one of those blessings, a blessing, a promise 
in that passage. There's a powerful blessing. There's also a, a promise of a curse there. And we ought to take that seriously. You think about those people that you're troubled for, who need the good news, that you know God's judgment is coming on them. If they don't turn to the Lord in faith, that ought to compel you to want to love them toward Christ and put the truth of the gospel in front of them to live a godly example that points them to Christ. Why? Because if they don't seek Him, if they forsake Him, God will, God will cast them off at the day of judgment. Luke chapter 16 and verse 15, and He said to them, Luke 16, 15, and He said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows the heart. God knows your hearts, for what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Again, we look around at things that break our hearts going on in the culture in which we live, and those things are an abomination in the sight of God. Men exalt themselves, women exalt themselves, people in this culture exalt themselves, but God knows their hearts. And, and this ought to be a sobering reminder to God's children that, that we can't hide our lives from God either. God knows the condition of our hearts and whether or not we're truly giving ourselves to follow Him wholeheartedly. And so God knows everything about everything and He knows everything about everyone and He knows everything about everyone and everything all the time. All the time. From before time. I so appreciate uh, Bible scholar and commentator J.I. Packer. I don't know if you've ever read any of his writings. He's written many, many books. And if you uh, ever get a hold of one, pick, pick it up and read it. I can guarantee you'll be encouraged by whatever it is he's written. J.I. Packer writes about this and says... God knows the future. Get this, it's kind of a big, big idea. God knows the future no less than the past and the present and the possible. And possible events that never happen no less than the actual events that do. God knows the possible events that never happen no less than the actual events that never do. What's possible? We say anything's possible. <laughs> well, God knows what's possible. And he knows and he knows what what is. There's an example of this in 1 Samuel 23 and verses 9 through 13. Uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and turn to this passage. 1 Samuel 23 verses 9 through 13, kind of off of this thought that J.I. Packer has given us that God knows possible events that never happen no less than the actual events that do. He knows everything that happens. He also knows everything that's possible. And you, and you think, well, what, what does this mean for us? 1 Samuel 23 and verses 9 through 13 where it says, David knew that Saul was plotting against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then said David, O Lord, 
the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Cala to destroy the city on my account. And then listen to this. As David prays and asks God a question, will the men of Cala surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Cala surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. And verse 13 says this, Then David and his men, who were about 600, arose and departed from Cala, and they went wherever they could go, When Saul was told that David had escaped, when David had escaped from Cala, he gave up the expedition. God knows what's possible as well as he knows what actual events occur. In this situation, you can see it in the scriptures, what was possible. And David says to God, what's possible? Is this possible? And God says, yes, that's going to happen. Clearly, God knows all that's possible, all possible events. And he told David what would happen if he continued on the current course. Another example that God knows the past, present, future, and even possible events is seen in Isaiah 48 and verse 18. In fact, um, you can see this, what's possible, what's possible, as we read through the Proverbs together, because there's so much wisdom in the Proverbs that God is constantly saying, if you do this, you'll, you'll see this, but if you do that, you'll get this. Isaiah 48 and verse 18, and this is what God wants of his children. Isaiah 48 and verse 18, Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, says God. And what does he say will be the outcome if you pay attention to his commandments? Blessing upon blessing upon blessing Sometimes I think about uh, standing in the middle of the Osable River in northern Michigan near uh, Grayling. And Norm knows exactly where I'm talking about, right, Norm? Um, they call it the Holy Waters because there's a stretch of the river where you can only catch and release trout. And it's a beautiful place to fish. And I don't know, I have a clue what I'm doing fly fishing. I had a, a friend of ours in our church who took me a couple of times and I brought my goofy. Walmart fly rod, and he said, leave that in your car. And he says, you'll you'll use this. And he handed me a real fly rod, and he gave me a real vest, and he gave me a real bait, and he showed me what to do. And I stood in the middle of that river, and by the end of the day, I thought, the river is just flowing by me. It's just beautiful surrounding, beautiful nature, God's creation. And the first time out, I didn't catch anything. But I was so happy to have been there. When I left, I thought, this is... I, could, I don't care if I catch anything. This is just a wonderful place to be. Like that, you know, God's blessings are like that. The river just flowing, flowing, and flowing. 
Think about those waves of the sea. Think about the blessings that are yours. If you hear, oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You ever stand at the seashore and the waves just keep coming and coming and coming? Uh, I have more experience on Lake Michigan. If we, would, if we were in Michigan, we'd go to Lake Michigan and stand there on the shoreline of Lake Michigan and the waves keep coming and coming and coming. And you, could, you just feel like you could stand there all day. God's omniscience, the fact that he knows everything about you, knows what you need. He knows what you're trying to hide from him. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're discouraged about. He knows the troubled relationships that you find yourself in. If you would, Isaiah 48, 18, if you would pay attention to his commandments, and be compelled by his omniscience to surrender everything to him because you, you can't hide anything from him anyway, God's blessings will come on you. Now, be careful here. I'm not talking about physical blessings necessarily. God may choose to bless you with physical things, but I'm talking about the kind of blessings that are spiritual in nature, and God is more in, concerned about blessing you spiritually than he is about blessing you physically. God may choose to bless you physically. I'm not saying that, that, that He won't, but I'm not saying that He will. I will say this. God will bless you spiritually. I promise you. God promises you that He will bless you spiritually with blessing upon blessing if you will surrender to Him everything in your life. So J.I. Packer goes on to say, nor does God have to access information about things as a computer might retrieve a file all his knowledge is always immediately and directly before his mind bible writers stand in awe of the capacity of god's mind in this regard my brain is in my pocket it's in my phone if i lost my phone i would be in deep trouble You've seen me. You've said, hey, you know, what about this date? And I go, hold on a second. I get my phone out and look at the calendar. I can't remember anything. Probably because I have a phone. And I put everything on there. God doesn't need that. Amen. Everything that he has comes, is, is instant. He has it always, as, as G.I. Packer says, it's always before his mind. I love this fact that he talks about the Bible writers who stand in awe of the capacity of God's mind in this regard. Let me just give you a couple of examples. This is so true. Listen to Psalm 139. I read verse 2 earlier, but let me read verses 1 through 6. I'll include verse 2 here again. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge, says verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high 
I cannot attain it. That's the knowledge of God, the omniscience of God that he has over everything and every area of your life. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Listen also to Isaiah 40 in verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. And hear hear this. His understanding is unsearchable. Who can understand the mind of God? I can't. You can't. We're blessed because He's given us His Word. And as much as we can, we ought to search out the truths of His Word so that we can know as much as we can know about the mind of God. But we can't plumb the depths. Listen also to Romans 11, verses 33 through 36. Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor? You think you can counsel God? Tell Him what you think should be done in prayer? You can try, but you're not going to succeed in telling Him anything He doesn't already know. Who can do that, says the writer of Romans. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Verse 35, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And I quote J.I. Packer one more time. Packer also notes this. God's knowledge is linked with his sovereignty. There's another topic, God's sovereignty. But But his omniscience and his sovereignty are linked. He knows, says Packer, he knows each thing both in itself and in relation to all other things. Because he created it, sustains it, and now makes it function every moment according to his plan for it. We need need this kind of understanding from God's Word, don't we? We need to know about God's omniscience. We need to know about his sovereignty. It's for another time. But if you read the Scriptures, you'll see it throughout. God's sovereignty from beginning to end. Uh, His sovereignty. He's in control. He knows all his omniscience, his sovereignty. He is in control. That's why we hear this in Ephesians 1 and verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And you ought to thank God for that. Wonderful truth in Ephesians 1 and verse 11 that God works all things according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. God's omniscience is an incredibly wonderful truth. It's an encouraging truth for believers 
It's a wonderful truth for followers of Christ. And this is why John 2 can say of Jesus, the Apostle John writes in John 2, saying of Jesus in verses 24 and 25, that Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. He knew them from before the beginning. Because he knew all people. And he needed no one to bear witness about man. He didn't need anybody to school him about where anybody was spiritually. For he himself knew what was in man. I would suggest that that an understanding of the omniscience of God should strengthen your faith. Should encourage your obedience to God. Because God's knowledge, God's omniscience, not only tells us that we can hide nothing from Him, but it also should bring us the greatest assurance that we will never be forgotten by Him. He will never forget us. He will never forget you. He will never forget your needs. He knows every detail of your life. He will never forget you. You will never be forgotten by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, in fact, being cared for by Him and will be cared for by Him according to God's promises. I read Isaiah 40 and verse 28 earlier, but listen now to verses 27 through 31. Isaiah 40, beginning with verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob... And speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And then verse 29 says, He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so I would suggest that an understanding of the omniscience of God from the Scriptures, as you've heard me point you to Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that points to the omniscience, the the fact that God knows all, the omniscience of God. I would suggest that for you, if you have a deep understanding and your faith is anchored in, in this evidence, along with many other evidences that point to God and His glory, should lead to your assurance If your faith is in Christ, that should lead to your assurance that you're His. He will keep you for all eternity. So there is great assurance for all believers in Jesus because of the omniscience of God. And it's seen, as we see in the passage that we looked at this morning, and I read again for you tonight in John chapter 2, that Jesus knows all. He's God in human flesh. He knows all. But to anyone who who is not a believer in Jesus. Have you ever thought about this? That this truth about God, that He is all-knowing, that God is omniscient, 
can bring dread to an unbeliever. Even so much so that it leads often to to denial. Unbelievers often don't want to admit that there's a God, number one. And that if there is a God, that he knows everything, number two. And thirdly, that he's in control. Even some believers have trouble with that. Listen, we ought not have trouble with these truths. They're, they're all throughout the Scriptures. But for an unbeliever, this can be dreadful for them. God knows all. And I think I pointed to it this morning to the person who might say, if God knows all, there's no way He's going to forgive my sins. And the Bible counters that. The, bound, the Bible shoots that out of the air. It is not true. And we ought to praise God for that, that He does know all. And he chose to send his son to the cross because he knew all. And he knew that we needed something outside of ourselves, someone outside of ourselves to have his wrath poured out on because his son was the only one who could take it and rise from the dead on the third day and save all who put their trust in him. God's omniscience is a reminder that no one can hide from God. That ought to encourage you if you're a believer. That might kind of give you a little bit of dread, but, but it ought to challenge you to, to honor God with your life, to pursue the truth of God's Word, to be shaped and molded by the wisdom of God's Word so that your life is pleasing to Him. So that when He looks into your heart and mind and life and attitudes and actions and intent, He's pleased with what He sees. It doesn't mean that we're going to be sinless this side of heaven, but we ought to be able to be pleasing to our Lord as we continue to grow, we continue to pursue the truth of God's Word because you can't hide yourself or your sin from God's sight. For unbelievers, this omniscience of a God ought to humble them and, and draw them to God where they surrender their lives to Him and believe in His Son. One more passage. Here's what Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. It's hard for us to fathom that, isn't it? Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. You cannot hide from God any area of your life. But know this, you will never be forgotten by God. We ought to be thankful for that. God sees and knows and forgives all who turn to Him with their faith in Jesus Christ. And because of God's omniscience, which is seen in Jesus Christ, we, we ought to be believers who have every reason for hope, for comfort, for peace in this life, and for joy. Joy ought to flow from us because we realize God knows it all. He's at work. He's never going to forget me. He knows just what I need. He cares about every need of mine. And for that, we ought to praise the Lord.